Hey listeners, welcome to Podcast Demastered. It is episode 40, and I am your host, Ethan Meyer. And I'm joined by my two very good friends, Wade and Chelsea. And Yo. we got sort of a we got sort of a different flavor of episode today. We're gonna be focusing on uh, the film Nosferatu. It just celebrated its 100 year anniversary. Uh, for you Woo-hoo. who don't know, it came out in 1922. It is a German film. Um, so we decided that we were all going to watch it and kind of uh, just have an episode dedicated to it and kind of talk about the uh, the film itself. It's a little bit of background, a little bit about the the film itself, its significance, uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But before all that, I kind of just want to gauge the room here. Um, how often do you guys watch classic and I'm using air quotes here for the listeners. <laughs> uh, classic films, you know, your Criterion Collection films, your older films, the silent era. Um, you know, not only is this a film from the 20s, but it's also a foreign film. So it's just like very niche outside of like a casual moviegoer. So is this something that you guys uh, are interested in on your own time? Or is this something like... This was just podcast homework, so I had to watch it. (laughs) (laughs) Chelsea, we'll start with you. Well, I've been pretty interested in films like this and everything, probably ever since college. And I even had a class specifically on European film history, which was really neat. We did not watch Nosferatu, but it was one of the films we did discuss. And it has always been on my list of films to watch for a long time. So this was actually a great excuse to watch it. And... I also, I guess now it's been two years, did watch the AFI's uh, Top 100 film list, and that did include a variety of silent films on there as well. And I do actually enjoy quite a bit of the silent films. I think I actually like the ones that aren't comedy a lot more. You know, I think we've kind of <laughs> talked before, comedy is not quite my thing, and I do not, I absolutely do not like slapstick. So seeing these other really interesting silent films that stray the opposite side from comedy can be really enjoyable and just really interesting to watch yeah wade what about you um so this was this was my first experience with a silent movie oh really um yes yes that's interesting well um oh wow have to to dig into that (laughs) (laughs) um like i've seen older movies before um but I've I've never seen a I've never seen a like a full length uh, silent movie mm. before. Like um, clips and like TV and stuff yeah, yeah, like yeah. that, but yeah. not not movies, not yeah. movies. Not actually, yeah, I get that. <laughs> I feel yeah. like it's uh, like Chelsea was saying. It's either something that you are presented in like a college setting if you're doing it for a class or if you're studying film or going to film school and stuff like that. Like it's more prominent. But silent films, you know, they're not on, they don't, very rarely are they shown on TV, if ever. Um, mm-hmm. It's not a technique that's really used anymore. Um, I think the last silent, that film that came out a few years ago, wasn't the, it was called The Artist? Is that what it was the called? The Artist, yes. The black and mm-hmm. white silent film that won the, was like an Oscar darling or whatever. Yeah. That I was more. Best Picture that year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, it was more kind of just like a, a you know a callback to this 
era of filmmaking, but that's like a, an exception, <laughs> you know, like it's not, <laughs> you're not seeing the next hot superhero movie coming out and it's a silent film <laughs> with, with <laughs> description cards and shit. Like it's yeah. just, it's a, it's basically a dead medium. So I would say on average, most people, especially the further away from that era that we get, the less people have probably seen silent films. Um, mm-hmm. Wait, I'm curious. Um, before we get into Nosferatu in particular, did you like the the silent film kind of uh, like viewing experience? Um, yeah, like I didn't I didn't feel like the movie like was slow or dragged um, or it was hard to keep attention. I didn't have any issues watching it. Um, yeah. You know, I just kind of sat myself down and hit play, and then the movie is over, and it's like, huh, that's cool. Um, <laughs> you know, I didn't have any issues like staying in into the movie or anything like that. So, right. Um, but mm-hmm. I watch a lot of my TV and movies and stuff uh, with subtitles anyway. Right. Um, so I'm used to just having to focus on it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, it, and it was nice kind of uh being able to just kind of like watch and like piece together what was happening based off of just what you saw and not just the characters saying everything it was kind of yeah it was kind of nice honestly yeah silent i mean uh, with silent films you get like a you know you get the little uh you know cue cards or whatever they give you like a, a brief paragraph or or like a, a line of dialogue or something and then that sets up the next 10 15 minutes of what you see visually <laughs> so it's really up mm-hmm. to the you know the filmmaker and the actors to really like convey through visual language like what's actually happening yeah and like that could be like that could be really hard to parse for some people but it's also like uh i think it's enjoyable because it's almost kind of like it's like a, it's like put together a puzzle almost like you have to just really pay attention mm-hmm. to everything and, and really figure out what's going on to like understand all the yeah. subtleties of it and that's like makes oh, yeah. it more enjoyable instead of just having the script or whatever's happening just like spoon fed through dialogue by the actors you know because that mm-hmm. can get that can get like tiresome or you you feel like they're they're treating you like an idiot you know what i mean it's just like oh, okay i get it thank you <laughs> like like you you're told what you need to know to like continue to understand yeah, yeah. and that's that's it yeah just watch yeah Sometimes I have fun with watching some of these silent films. It's, um, I think it's more obvious and specifically ones that where they speak English because sometimes you can kind of either read their lips or kind of understand, you know, the idea of what they're yeah. saying. And also it's fun to make up dialogue for them. It is. Because <laughs> you can like talk during watching these movies sometimes. But uh, yeah, since this one is in German, I was just like, oh, I can't quite read their lips because I do not speak German, but I can still come up with an idea of what they're saying. It's also enjoyable too when you watch a and you see a scene and like two actors you can tell they're having a discussion, and then like the title card comes up and it's like two words. <laughs> like, That's not what they said. Yeah, no, it was more than that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Wade, does it make you want to watch any more? Like dive into like other silent films, other classics? Like, uh... um, I think it would just depend on what it was. Yeah. Hmm. Like, I know the basis of this and, like, where it came from and everything. Right. Um, so there was, like, an interest. But, like, if you just, like, threw a stack down in front of me, I would be like, uh, okay. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, this this film yeah. 
title alone is just iconic. So it's one of those right. things where it's just like, I feel like I need to watch it. Or I feel like I should have mm-hmm. seen it. You know, it's just one of those like cultural touchstones, you know? Mm-hmm. So, well, with that, let's, uh, let's just go ahead and dive right into it. Um, Chelsea, do you want to tell the listeners just kind of like a brief, like summary or synopsis of what the film, like what it's about and, and, uh, and like, you know, just so everyone's on, on board. So everyone knows. Sure. I think very simply, well, I've been kind of thinking about this cause I was like, I can make up my own, uh, little synopsis for what this movie is about. It's basically <laughs> <laughs> about this guy who tries to sell a house across the street from him to this guy in this castle and who he doesn't realize is actually a vampire. And that brings the bubonic plague with him. <laughs> yep, pretty much. Yep. Also. And so this. Oh. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, and I was going to say. So this movie actually had a lot of controversy when it came out because it was considered to be an unofficial adaptation of the novel Dracula. And there were some lawsuits and stuff at the time being like, um, you like legit ripped this exactly oh, yeah. from the book and things and i think it almost uh like got completely destroyed because of the lawsuit so yeah. it's amazing that we still have it today yeah it was yeah. pretty uh pretty tumultuous like <laughs> they you know the director uh reached out to the stoker estate to adapt um dracula and they basically said no mm-hmm. So he's like, all right, well, fuck you. I'm doing it anyways, and I'll just change everyone's names. <laughs> so that's basically <laughs> what he did, because it is, it is that book. It's just mm-hmm. all the names and towns and everything is, you know, that's the only really difference. It's plot is pretty much the same for the most part. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. I'm sub- pretty <laughs> – they definitely had a, a, uh, a leg to stand on with that lawsuit, because it is pretty obvious. <laughs> Yes, and we should mention the director's name. It's uh, F.W. Murnau, and the yeah. F and W, it's Friedrich Wilhelm Murnau. And like you said, I uh, he's a German director, and this is probably one of his most famous films. He did make another really famous film as well called Faust. Yeah. Which, yeah, it's also... Um, and his films, too, I guess if I want to dive in to briefly talk about, it's considered one of the film's kind of a big deal during this period of time with a uh, German expressionism which yeah, like, yeah, it, yeah I don't know how much you want to get into uh <laughs> the expressionist uh movement um could probably do like a little brief overview to let people get a little familiar with it who may not know okay yeah go ahead oh I was like you can go for it <laughs> I, I essentially uh german expressionism was an art movement it wasn't just film it was actually was started with like uh art and theater before it actually got into film and uh it was it was i guess it kind of really peaked for film uh after world war one um the uh actually the first film that really kind of kicked off the movement wasn't Nosferatu, but it was actually the cabinet of Dr. Caligari, which Mm -hmm. if you haven't seen that and 
if you want if you've seen nosferatu and you like nosferatu you should definitely watch the cabinet of dr caligari because it's sort of the same kind of uh style which you know obviously makes sense german directors german expressionism they all kind of have like this same sort of look to them um that that kind of style was essentially it's it's uh it's kind of anti-realism if you think of the films of the time mm-hmm. everything was uh, a love story or just very much grounded in uh and, and, and plots and stories that just existed in everyday um, life. And the, the expressionist movement kind of went, was counter to that, where they wanted to do more fantastical, more moody, more uh, dramatic kind of intellectual topics, I guess, focusing more on like visual uh, themes and less just kind of um tropes i guess for the time mm-hmm. um it yeah. wasn't just like so- no go ahead jump in oh no i was gonna say and like some of the characteristics that you would be able to notice in those films included things like you know those very uh deep dark shadows and very exaggerated elongated sets sometimes different um like very dramatic angles like high angles and sometimes very like almost camera tilting at times so it really it was it's a di- yeah. clearly a different style than you know your traditional just very yeah everything was supposed static. to be sort of just on the edge of it was supposed to be like surreal you know like they didn't want it mm-hmm. wasn't like mm-hmm. so off kilter that it was not uh relatable or recognizable to the audience but it was just a deviation from the norm um <laughs> a lot of the like common stories and sort of like plots for like expressionist films had a little bit more darker um roots a lot of stuff with like madness and insanity and Mm -hmm. betrayal and just violence and um you know which was counter to a lot of like the love story films that you got um there's a lot of i mean um not just f w murnau was like a big proponent of expressionism but like another big german name that people have at least probably know the name if they haven't seen his films is uh, fritz lang who did uh Mm -hmm. metropolis and uh m and which are other you know also you know part of that movement but anyways nosferatu is part of german uh, expression expressionism uh, and you can tell mm-hmm. if you've seen the film because and set not just with like lighting and set design and composition but even how the actors kind of uh mm-hmm. portrayed the characters is a lot of uh over like <laughs> kind of bold dramatic overacting <laughs> i would say like yes. a lot of <laughs> a lot of overacting uh over dramatics um just to kind of help sell the situation that the act that the character is in um especially in like nosferatu a lot of the scenes with uh hutter who's the real estate agent who's traveling to transylvania to try it who meets count orlock slash dracula (laughs) (laughs) um a lot he does a lot of overacting he's very dramatic and and almost every scene he's in 
Yes. And it's kind of a perfect counter to Nosferatu himself, who is the definition of just subtle. Just like he, barely, he, he barely moves <laughs> at all. Like, he literally looks like he has a, he's, like, nailed to a board, like how he moves. Like, he doesn't really mm-hmm. <laughs> move very well, so... And everything he does is like even his eyes, like everything's very slow and intentional. And then you cut to Hutton or Hutter or whatever, and he's just like flailing his arms and like <laughs> you know. And that's kind of mm-hmm. you know, that's kind of another part of like that movement is like those those dramatics, you know. Um So kind of keeping this thread of like the acting, what do you guys think of uh the character Nosferatu and, and Mac, Max uh, Shrek's uh, performance, because that's kind of why this film is so iconic, is is his characterization mm-hmm. of Count Orlock. How'd you guys, how'd you guys feel about that? I really liked it actually. Um, like he didn't do a lot really in the movie. Like, <clears throat> like he, you know, he wasn't as animated as other people were, but that said a lot to like his description. And in just, you know, who he was supposed to be portraying and stuff. Um, it was, it was, you know, it was very off-putting. <laughs> you know, and people didn't see him and be mistaken for just, like, an older gentleman. And were like, oh, you poor thing. They saw him and were like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, Look at those eyebrows. Immediately scared. Yeah, like, <laughs> like, you're not supposed to not be afraid of him. It's okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think that subtlety really worked and he did a great job and just he just had that presence. Yeah, like for sure. Like later in the vibe. movie, like when he's in the new house and Hutter's <laughs> wife is just like looking out the window and he's just there like on the window, like holding the bars. I was like, that camera's going to have to go somewhere else. <laughs> I can't look at that. <laughs> <laughs> but no, we'll keep it a little bit longer on him. Like, fine, I'll stare just close deep my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> that same, like, that same, um, it, like, court, uh, Orlock's not actually in the shop, but when she's looking off the balcony and she just sees all the people carrying the coffins down the street, mm-hmm. that is, like, one of the more, like, unsettling shots of that whole film. It's just, like, this really long shot of people just carrying dead bodies basically like down this street i'm just like what the fuck yeah it was very like (laughs) yeah (laughs) and that's um that's kind of the 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 thing i liked most about this film is the the very it's very simple stuff but it's very like impactful you know like just a shot of people carrying out the coffins the shot of like you were talking about Wade, the shot with Orlock just standing in the uh, uh, the window, just staring across the street at the at the wife. Like, not only is that a creepy shot, but just like from a like composition standpoint, like the fact that like the windows are like gridded, and he's just kind of holding on, latched on. It's just like he is the like the like the counter to like symmetry. Like he doesn't ex- he's not human. Mm-hmm. He doesn't exist in this world. He's otherworldly and it's just like that's one of the reasons why Murnau is so like well known is because his shot composition for the time was so like on point <laughs> you know like it was very it's incredible in that yeah film. it's yeah. it's the the scene with uh with the wife on the beach 
and she's like on the right hand mm-hmm. side she's mm-hmm. like sitting on a bench and then you just see all these like uh like uh, all the like crosses and stuff the crosses in the sand. and stuff and it's yeah. just like on the beach like that's such a brilliant shot like putting her all the way up basically on the edge of the frame and like all this like empty space and crosses is just like the, it it's like the like the visual language of like loneliness comes through so well like mm-hmm. that's kind of the well, best thing the about these scene. like older oh. films sorry go ahead Oh, yeah, just it just reminded me about the beach scene, how like even like the continuity with that when it shows like the uh, whoever like is coming to see the wife and like you see her foot, uh, her footprints. And those are the only footprints to get there. And they like, kept that. And then they added the the rest of them walking to her, just like thinking of those things back then, mm-hmm. too. It's just like how smart they were and how it just because even though it's sand, they <laughs> it was just something that I, I noticed that was really interesting to think about. One of the shots that I actually really liked, staying with uh, <laughs> composition here, <laughs> is just the shot of uh, the ship. With uh, mm. he shot it on the other side of the sun, so it's underexposed, so it just looks like a black ship of death. Like that is so. Well, there's some symbology for you. Yeah, that is so fucking yeah. good. Like, <laughs> I, it's such a, it's just like a, such a, you know, simple establishing shot but he still finds a way to like puts uh like th- like a meaning to it instead of just being like oh here's the ship coming like no here's this black ship of death approaching the mainland like that's so good it's so creepy oh to go off with now that just reminds me of the venus flytrap shot that oh, yeah. shot with that was incredible that was i was like yeah. hold on all like, those shots are like, that's another thing this film does just in terms of, uh, like, pacing. Which, if you're going to do a horror film, uh, pacing is kind of make or break <laughs> the film. <laughs> mm-hmm. And just having all these shots, like, in the early to mid of just, like, things that just, like, unsettle you. Like, the Venus flytrap. Like, the spiders. Like, the, uh... Oh, I can't remember the other thing now. But it's, like, all these predatorial shots, basically. To just keep help pushing that that forward with uh, with Orlock being this like predator he's stalking like he's waiting he's patient like that's that's choice that's really good stuff you know mm-hmm. yeah yeah and even the uh like the the cue cards the title cards even talk like deals even with adding to the, the predator aspect my favorite lines <laughs> from the film are when uh he uh hutter writes the letter to his wife and talks about the uh the I, I got uh bit by yeah yeah the two yeah. i got bit by the two mosquitoes side yeah. by side yeah these mosquitoes are a real <laughs> there's nuisance. lots of mosquitoes here <laughs> the whole first like half of the movie i was just like hutter you stupid bitch <laughs> do you even know what you're doing yeah. <laughs> do you even know where you're going like what nope the only thing i would say like the only thing i um didn't like about the uh, cue cards i did appreciate the fact that they weren't the same like if it was a letter it was a different background it was like parchment mm, if it was just mm-hmm. like an establishing like uh like kind of summation of what's happening it was like the bluish green kind of thing like it had different backgrounds for that made sense in the story the thing i didn't like is that particular font is so fucking hard to read oh my gosh yes like that like gothic old english like i just i'm just like i don't know if that's a u an n or a, a like that's why i don't know like half of these like the names or locations because i'm just like i don't whatever 
your name your, yeah um, like hutter that yeah. character i was like is that really his name and i'm like maybe i need to double check google this i'm like no okay and that's just like that font saying all the extra like uh like on the font work it's you know there's a lot of uh extra nice. lines that aren't unnecessary so sometimes it looks like a k instead of an h or i don't know if it's capitalized mm -hmm. or lowercase i'm just like is this a person is this a like some of that stuff so mm -hmm. the good thing is, is it's up on screen for like five minutes because i guess yeah. they assume you're doing like a chalk imprint of it or something because <laughs> <laughs> it's up forever like mm -hmm. i had time to read it and then again and then I'm like, all right, well, I guess I'm just going to go to the bathroom, come back. It's still on screen. I'm just like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's four lines. Like, that's like half, that's like where most of the movie length was and all these <laughs> cue cards. Mm. <laughs> but some of them were quite helpful. So that was good. Yeah, the writing okay. itself, like, they told you exactly what you needed to know, but mm -hmm. also did it in a way that still had emotional impact. You know, as opposed to just being so just, like, dry and establishing. Yeah. Like, it almost felt like uh, mm -hmm. there was, like, a third party writing it. You know what I mean? Instead of just, like, the director writing it, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. No, it definitely felt like a character. I think there was even specific instances where I'm like, wait a minute, who is this actually speaking right now? Yeah. Yeah, because he, he kind of, so he cool. speaks like it, you know, he's... He's talking after the fact, like these things have happened, mm -hmm. and this is just like I've, um, I'm just describing okay. this like secondhand account to you, basically. Mm -hmm. So like, yeah, so that's really unique. Which makes it a, a, a more interesting read on a screen as opposed to just you know, like I said, like a, a, some writer at the uh, studio be like, all right, here's your descriptions, and just <laughs> put them on the screen. <laughs> yeah. So, um. What are some of the things that didn't work for you guys? Hutter. <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> the beginning of the movie, this mm. crazy boss man is just like, hey, like, I have this friend and he wants to buy a house. And Hutter's like, okay, that sounds great. We should sell him a house. But specifically, because my crazy writing says so. It should be oh this gosh, house. Right. Oh, this one right in front of your house. It's abandoned? Oh, that's fine. He prefers abandoned houses. But you'll have to go to Transylvania to get him. It's a long, long way. And Hutter's like, okay, golly gee, I guess I better go now. So he runs home straight to his wife, and he's just like, my dearest love sweet, I have to go to the land of thieves and, and ghosts. It's a very long ways away bye and just like leaves and she just like faints from the shock of it and he's like skipping down the road i'm like what are you doing I'm like, jesus christ write a note before you go damn let's body know where you're going that's that's so perfect so that was accurate. the first 10 minutes to me i was just like what like you're gonna die if this is a horror movie like like a modern day horror movie you're the dumb stupid mm -hmm. bitch to die first Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like the uh, the intro, like prologue murder. <laughs> like that's mm -hmm. a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. No, he his character. I was just like, oh gosh, are we done with you? <laughs> trying to make a Drew Barrymore joke there, but I won't. Wait, Drew Barrymore? Was it Drew Barrymore? No, it was it was Drew, Drew if Barrymore. you're thinking of Scream, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's Drew Barrymore. 
Oh, was? Oh, sweet. Yeah, yeah he's like the Drew Barrymore screen. <laughs> <laughs> Except the fact that he makes it all the way to the end. Yeah, so. for real. Mm-hmm. From the help from some very nice farmers. <laughs> <laughs> very nice. <laughs> like, bring in this hysterical man that is, is running around talking about nonsense and has a bite on his mm-hmm. neck. Let's just bring him into the house. It's cool. And we'll care for him until as long as he needs it. After yeah. they like told him not to go. <laughs> yeah. And he's much. like, I don't know what you're talking about. I got to go sell a guy a house. <laughs> <laughs> got to get that commission. Right? <laughs> gotta, he's like keeping up with the Joneses because his like rich friends are out there playing like fucking bocce ball or whatever they are in the backyard all the time. There's like got a nice fancy oh. house. <laughs> <laughs> well like in legit like he so he gets to the manor and he like he like re like one like you know he falls asleep and wakes up being bitten <laughs> after sitting sitting and talking to dracula himself for hours or whatever um and eating then all that food eating like all that food and then nobody like, cares um, how much he like, eats <laughs> he reads like he reads the book like <laughs> in the tower <laughs> <laughs> warning him about dracula and he just like throws it back he's like whatever and then like the next day like he's like so you want to buy this house <laughs> and he sees the picture of the guy's wife he's like is that your wife golly she has a pretty neck well yeah i, I think i will buy that house <laughs> <laughs> yeah hunter's like yeah she does have a good neck that's why i married her yeah <laughs> well great glad you got the house nothing to worry about here <laughs> There was some, there were lots of moments that I'm making fun of, but it was quite like serious and it was pretty nice. <laughs> no, but Hutter makes it, uh, yeah, a little less serious, in my opinion. So <laughs> it's all good. Yeah, I mean, besides the fact that he's like grade A dope, the like <laughs> his overacting, like in the second half of the film, where like especially when like they're on the ship coming back and all this other stuff, and and then when he uh just like all these like <laughs> he's just like flailing his arms around and covering his eyes and looking away and he's yes. just like or when he you know when he's inspecting the castle during the day and he comes across the coffin and he opens it and Orlok's just laying there fucking wide-eyed <laughs> just, just sort of like... <laughs> and he like f- like faints backwards onto the ground next to the stairs yeah it's just like <laughs> <laughs> And Orlok's like, dude, I'm trying to sleep. <laughs> Take your <laughs> like, nonsense you, uh, elsewhere. I've got a free. Yeah, can you uh, close the lid? I mean, fun. What the hell? Rude. Like, I don't come into your room in the middle of the night. Or do <laughs> or I? Do I? <laughs> <laughs> so Chelsea, what about what about you? Is there anything about the film that just was that that you didn't like uh, really jive with? I, I mean, I would honestly agree with Wade in a way, a lot of ways. Like, Hutter, I mean, you know, overacting's a part of it, but he definitely was, I think, almost a little too extra for me at times. And yeah, so that's sure. why I was, you know. And I was like, ah, oh, you're kind of uh, taking me out of this movie, dude, because you're a little <laughs> too much for me right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. And it's also, having watched... Most of, I'll preface this with a lot of the silent films that I have watched are pretty much all slapstick based. A lot of Buster mm-hmm. Keaton stuff, 
mm-hmm. lot of uh, oh god, that name just escaped me. Um, oh, you know what I'm talking about, right? I keep wanting to say no, the kid, not... but I know. Oh my god, this is embarrassing. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, he's like the most famous, like silent actor or whatever. Oh wow. Whatever. Anyways. Okay. That's, you, that's uh, listeners, you can okay. yeah, listeners, you can you can write in and tell me. I, I feel no shame in this because I don't think I ever knew. So, but anyways, anyways, I literally just watched one of his films like six months ago. Uh, Gold Rush, Charlie, Charlie Chaplin. Chaplin. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Perfect. Boom. Anyways, there we so go. a lot Got of those films, there. a lot of those films have a lot of like overacting because they're slapstick. So they're supposed to be overacting because it's supposed to be a comedy, you know. So watching this, I was just like, mm-hmm. ah, you know, this is just some. <laughs> fucking dope running around a castle with a vampire and then he's just an idiot you know so i was kind of i guess expecting it or i don't know it never really like, pulled me away from it um the only thing that like i don't really have any a whole lot of negatives that like tarnish the experience for me some of the editing um is kind of rough but the fact that the film is pieced together by so many different um versions and countries <laughs> that had to like piece this thing together so i can even watch it uh now i had mm-hmm. to i basically gave that shit a pass you know what i mean mm-hmm. um but like some of the stuff because yeah, some of the stuff is just like so it's just like oh okay why this edit doesn't make sense you had like a, a mid shot and then all of a sudden you have like a slightly less mid shot <laughs> i'm just like <laughs> okay i'll chalk this up to lost film or you know damaged print or whatever mm-hmm. like there's a lot of that stuff in the film but you know that's just kind of nitpicky nonsense like nothing ever really pulled me out it's also like it's a 90 minute film so it's like <laughs> you know it's kind of easy to forego a lot of that stuff if you're not sitting there for three hours um <laughs> mm-hmm. what were some of the stuff that you guys actually really liked about it that you weren't expecting um, I wasn't really prepared to, like, feel any kind of tension for Nosferatu. Like, <clears throat> I didn't expect to be, like, scared. But, right. you know, right. I didn't really feel like... I didn't I didn't expect to feel anything, like, in that area at all, like, when dealing with the man. But, like, my goodness. Like, um, all the scenes that were, like, just his shadow. Yeah. Especially close mm-hmm. to the end. I was just like, that is really freaking cool. Oh, my God. Yeah, the shadow play in the stairwell and, like, how they make it look like his arm is just, like, his heart, arm yes. is, like, creepy giant hands are just, like, stretching down the, the wall, like, into the doorway. The scene where he's just, like, moving up across, like, her chest or whatever and, like, crushes her heart, like... Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was really good. Even the scene where he's, uh, when he rises out of the uh, coffin... Like, that's just, like, a really cool, mm-hmm. very tense shot. Um, some of the ones that I thought were really cool, and it's also kind of plays into, like, some of the significance for, like, this particular film, is some of the more, like, effects work. Um, some of, like, the uh, superimposing of Nosferatu and scenes where he's not actually there, where it kind of has, like, this ghostly visage of him, you know, like, on the boat, where he's kind of sitting there, he's, like, sort of transparent and stuff like that. Like, Those are really cool. I wasn't expecting any of that stuff in this film. And when it happened, it was, like, really cool, and it also made his character even more uh, horrifying. 
that he's like can be anywhere and <laughs> you know what i mean like um and just like from a you know how they do it kind of stuff like it's really cool that that was actually in the film like more like effects driven stuff for a film in the 20s like that's mm-hmm. some really cool stuff um chelsea what about you what are some what are some standout things that you really liked i just i've I mean, I had seen screenshots of this film before and everything, and a lot of them looked really cool, but it was just amazing to see just how well done, like, the cinematography was, the scene composition, the really, like, the meticulous detail that went into everything was really impressive and just really surprising to me, and I was really excited to see that. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, not that I ever doubt films from you know that are a hundred years old or anything like that don't have those capabilities because plenty of them do but it's always exciting just to see you know that was a hundred years ago and look what people accomplished then and look where we are now it's pretty crazy yeah for sure it was i mean that film or i mean not just that film but that era of filmmaking specifically in germany inspired a lot of modern like or I guess not modern, but, you know, like Hitchcock and John Ford mm. and guys like that. Like Hitchcock actually went to Germany and was like a, not a PA, but like an assistant on one of these, um, one of the German films. Mm. And he came back and like, you could tell like a lot of his film structure and a lot of the ways that he like shot his films are very, you know, German expressionist, basically. <laughs> like that's like his his style you know so like and then think of all the directors now and that are like oh well hitchcock you know inspired me and like he was so it's just like this domino effect of like this era of filmmaking and inspiring the next generation and then what the stuff they do inspires the next generation and it's just like this this really cool effect that happens keeps building on top and just yeah keeping those things alive yeah um the only very cool i guess i would say the only modern to new director i've ever heard talk about this film in particular is uh robert eggers i actually listened to an interview Mm. a couple months ago i listened to uh roger deakins has a podcast if you don't know who roger deakins is he's like a (laughs) famous cinematographer um anyways him and his wife do a podcast where they just kind of talk to all kinds of different people in the industry. And one of them was Robert Eggers. And they were talking about his, like, how he got into the industry and yada, yada, yada. And he was talking about how he used to be, like, do stagecraft and do, like, theater plays, like, directing theater plays. And he was really big into costume and set designing. And Nosferatu is, like, one of his favorite movies. And one of the first, like plays or like theater productions he did was a rendition of Nosferatu (laughs) and like he is as a director he's meticulous with his uh, period accuracy and like kind of like costume design to the point where like costume designers um, can become a little (laughs) furious (laughs) about it (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, and also uh, interesting I'm pretty sure so he's got a film coming out called The Northman but I think after mm-hmm. that, I think he's supposed to be doing a uh, Nosferatu film. I don't know if it's a remake, but he's been talking about it for years. So Yes, yeah, I did see that news, so that'll be very interesting to see. 
And he's a hell of a good director. That's so I would be, yeah, I would. But yeah, so I mean, this film, this era of film, this this whole movement has done a lot for um, filmmaking in general. Um, German expressionism, especially, did a lot. It was a, a huge, like, sort of a renaissance for film. Like, they were way ahead of where America uh, Americans were in mm-hmm. terms of what we were doing. So, yeah. so, yeah, there's a lot of historical significance with not just this film, but, like, that, that whole just, like, generation, basically. Um, Definitely. I think one of the things that I really liked about the film that I wasn't expecting to was... Uh, the musical score that they had in the version that I watched. Um, I can't remember the composer's mm. name. Um, so I'll have to look up, look that up or Chelsea, if you're looking it up anyways, the music, the score that they had for the film was incredible. Like I was, <laughs> I loved it. Wade, you're, you're did the version you watched. Did it have the, the film score on it? It, it said it had like a, uh, like a redone and it used the word modernized score yeah but it sounded extremely appropriate for like the film and like the time and stuff so i i don't know maybe they just like did some post-processing or like a remaster or something maybe 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 they Mm -hmm. had the score like the original score and said we'll just re-record it i don't know yeah anyways it was it was really good did you guys like the did you guys like the music Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely helped things build, and oh it, yeah, it really it's very like programmatic and story. like ambiance and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah, especially any time that it was kind of setting up uh, the count or like a scene that he's gonna be in, just kind of like how the it would almost go silent. It's just kind of like this dull like hum, like a bass, mm-hmm. and then like a little bit of like a string would be introduced. Like it was very ominous, and then it would cut to mm-hmm. like you know the wife and like her the friends that she was staying with and it's all just like do do boo bright and poppy and <laughs> you know whatever mm-hmm. but like yeah, the or- most of the no. beginning of the movie really had that bright that happier music and then it did progressively oh, yeah. get a lot darker yeah you gotta have all the, the bright music for <laughs> another thing that i immediately <laughs> all, uh, everything hutter does <laughs> everything hutter does and the <laughs> the the eyebrows in this film <laughs> are are off the charts. I have never seen eyebrows <laughs> like this. Like the uh, the guy Hutter's boss or whatever that goes like fucking crazy, who's like an Orlock <laughs> lover or whatever. Minion. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That dude's eyebrows are like connected to like the top of like his hair and his head. They're like huge. They're it's a ins- whole other character. They're insane to me. <laughs> And then, like yeah, like, and then you first see like Orlock and he's got these crazy eyebrows. I'm just like, man, what, what is, is that a thing? Like, is that a German thing? Just having crazy fucking eyebrows. <laughs> like every shady character in the film has like these gnarly ass mm-hmm. fucking troll eyebrows. <laughs> I guess it's immediately like, oh, yep. They're, uh, they're sketchy. Yeah. Like, yep. Let's, that uh, dude is, uh, not, that dude's not good. Look at those eyebrows. The bigger yeah. the eyebrows, the worse the person. <laughs> <laughs> there you go <laughs> so you get it out um but yeah i mean wade you kind of touched on a little bit that this is your first silent film um and depending on like 
what comes up like are there any other like iconic films that you know about from the silent era that you would want to watch or are you just completely oblivious to that that like uh filmmaking period i am oblivious yes sir chelsea are there any on your list that you still haven't seen that you want to oh i mean th- oh i mean there's definitely plenty oh gosh being put on the spot though trying to think i mean I haven't seen Metropolis or M. Those are two I definitely want to watch. Yeah. And probably Faust as well. Yeah. But I've seen The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari, and I really, really like that. And it's one I would would not mind watching again. I would uh, offer this to you guys since you just watched Nosferatu. There's another film that came out 10 years later that's also a silent film. It's also German. And it's just called Vampire. Okay. Um, it's on H, it's on HBO. I think I think that's where I watched it. I watched it like a month or so back. So it was really interesting watching Nosferatu and watching Vampire. But I'd be curious to see what you guys think about like which one um, does the better job. Mm. Does a better is a better vampire film? I would say like <laughs> Nosferatu is the first, <laughs> so there's already bonus points. <laughs> mm-hmm. But they have very similar structure, so I'd be interested to hear what you guys think about that film. Yeah, um, I'll have to check it out. I think it might actually be on my list, too, anyway. Oh, really? On HBO. Mm-hmm. Do you, I got one final question here before we, before we end it. Um, do you guys think that a silent film would work now? Like if a, a studio, like if we're like, hey, we're gonna we're doing this film, uh, it's a silent film. Do you think modern audiences now would watch it? Um, what was that? What was that recent movie, and maybe even two movies, where it was basically a silent movie, but because like the plot demanded it to be, it had Sandra Bullock in it, I think. uh, was it oh a quiet place or something like that yeah yeah. no it didn't have her in it that was the that's emily blunt emily blunt sandra bullock's the one where they're all blind yeah yeah that (laughs) one um but yes the one with emily blunt and Mm -hmm. and john krasowski right yeah 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 Yeah. um Mm -hmm. i remember when that came out people were like oh this is a modern silent movie and i was like i haven't even seen it and i don't think that's quite correct um but um I don't know. I think I think if somebody tried to make one, I think like the reaction to it would be like, "Oh, this is obviously something for like an Oscar, or absolutely more artsy." Oh than, yeah. Like they don't want yeah. people to watch it; they just wanted to make it. And, um, yeah. <laughs> but I think depending depending on like the movie itself. I mean, if it looked like a movie, the, the plot that I would enjoy, I would give it a shot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think. I don't see why, yeah, it, why we shouldn't have one and why it could not, yeah, like, it could work. It's just, yeah, it really depends on what it's about. Oh, yeah. I don't really think, I don't think it would be, you know, the, the big, the new hotness, some summer tentpole film, you know, they're not going <laughs> to, it's not, not going to replace the MCU. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe it should, but, um, you never know. I, I remember when, uh, Parasite came out and everybody complained mm-hmm that they had to read 
the movie. <laughs> Remember that? And Bong Joon Ho at the Oscars basically just like, you know, fuck you guys. Sorry, you're illiterate. Like, <laughs> paraphrasing, fair, but basically. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, doing a silent film, if if it's a true silent film and it's basically devoid of anything besides just a score and title cards, I can see that being super fucking niche where, like, a your average moviegoer would not would not enjoy it in a way because most people go to the movies to escape their ho-hum life they want the turn the brain off eat stuff popcorn down their gullet and enjoy some nonsense and i think it's i think a silent film is kind of the opposite kind of ask from your audience <laughs> like i didn't come to i didn't come to watch a movie to work <laughs> yeah and i think there's a little bit of effort that's involved with watching a silent film but yeah i I, true. I think it i think if it does happen it's going to be something that is super indie something that's self-produced because i don't think there's a studio around that would fund it knowing mm-hmm. that it'd be super niche you know, maybe something like A24 or Neon or something like that that does a lot of, like, mm. art house stuff, but... So true. But, yeah, I don't know. It'd be interesting. I would like to see uh, somebody, some, like, hip- some hipster director out there to do it, you know? <laughs> Let's bring back silent mm-hmm. films. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sorry, I said that was the last question, but I do have one more. Would you guys recommend other people watch this like if you had like a group of friends be like hey you know like if they're like oh hey i just watched uh you know this film da, da, da. i just watched batman it was really good would you be like oh hey you should check out nosferatu that's a really good film <laughs> like would maybe you ever if it was like halloween <laughs> maybe i think it's yeah i wouldn't you know put people in a box and say that you know they wouldn't like it i think you know especially if people kind of know a little bit more about the movie going into it, I think it can definitely help uh, people find it more interesting and at least give it a chance. You know, some people may like it because they may like those types of older movies and then some of them maybe who have never seen it might actually enjoy it. So I think it's just worth sharing it with people and just give them a chance to watch it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think it's definitely not for everyone, but I think the fact that it is title alone super iconic i think more people would be willing to give it a shot just on name recognition alone like if it's some opaque film that no one's ever heard of and it has no relevance but you're like hey you should watch this i feel like that'd be a harder sell (laughs) (laughs) but the fact that this is like a, a, a literal classic i think more people would be willing to give it a shot so yeah all you listeners out there if you haven't seen nosferatu uh it is a demastered recommendation <laughs> so, yes and um, you can watch it on tubi for free so that, that's yeah, uh, one go. of the versions on there so go for it so if check you have, it out there if you have tubi i'm pretty sure tubi, isn't tubi free or yes tubi is free yeah there you so go. that's so why i recommend it it's free there no, you go no excuses so that's need an hour and a half of your time well i think that's going to do it for this week's episode and uh, yeah, let us know on social media, on our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Pod Demastered if you have actually seen Nosferatu or if you're interested in watching it now after listening to our episode and let us know what you think. You can also uh, feel free to send us an email at demasteredpodcast at gmail.com. And thanks again for listening to this week's episode and we hope you tune in next week. See you later, guys. Yeah. See ya.